back to the Colgan Shark Podcast. My name is Mr. Watts. I'm Dr. Healy. And in this episode, we're going to talk about athletics. This past Saturday, we celebrated uh, a lot of uh, student athletes. Right, Dr. Healy? Yeah, I wish I would have counted now. but I, I was going to say, I have right here. You, oh, you, you keep do. talking. Go. Yeah, so we uh, were able to do our athletic signing event, which we've done every year. We usually do it earlier in the year, but uh, obviously for COVID reasons, we couldn't. But able to do it on a Saturday night and, and all the athletes going to the next level, which is how many? 28. 28 athletes going to the next level. And I think we actually have a couple more who, for whatever reason, didn't want to participate in the signing ceremony. So sure. I think that number is more like 30. Uh, but but they could be there with their families, their immediate families, their parents and each other. And so I thought it was a great night. So starting a school from 2016, from the ground up, what is it like to to build a, a winning athletic culture? Yeah, that that's a uh, that's, that's a loaded question. It's a loaded <laughs> question, and I would say um, we've done a really good job with that. But it's that first year is tough because you have no seniors, and your junior class is about half the size of a normal junior class. And so that first year is tough because uh, you play varsity sports and all the sports except for football, and you take your lumps a little bit, right? Other teams uh, get the best of you, and but you really have to have your coaches um, talk to the kids about building for the future, building for the future, right? And kind of getting through that, that those losses that first year. Um, uh, and, and, and to use that as a foundational approach, which I think many of our coaches and most of our programs have done. Yeah, it, it really what um, took me back was listening to the student athletes tell the stories of how when they were in middle school, because for, for this senior signing class, they were eighth graders and how as eighth graders they were looking forward to going to colgan high school and already reaching out to coaches and saying i'm i'm applying to be in the cfpa program if i get in i'm really excited to swim on your team or i'm, I'm really excited to, to to run on your track or cross country team and it just really kind of took me back that like even the student athletes had that vision to say, this is a brand new school. There's, there was 11 other programs in the district, but I want to come to your school so I can be part of that foundational building class. What does it take for an athlete to, to reach this level of signing and playing collegially? Well, um, it, it obviously it differs by sport, but in most of the sports, it takes uh, a great deal of participation, not only in the in the school level aspect of the sport, but outside entities, whether that's club level or travel teams or AAU or whatever. Uh, these athletes are putting in so much time and and uh, perfecting what they do, but also training, and uh, it's really a, a testament to years and years of work for both them and and obviously the parents have not only put in hours and hours of driving their uh, <laughs> one of them student said, all over the place. One of them said 250,000 miles on the minivan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also, I think, in a lot of sports, a significant financial investment, too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really uh, an exciting thing to see them moving on to the next level. And, you know, we have someone like um, Bryce Lentz, who just won a state championship in cross country, Um uh, about a week ago, or last week, committing to the United States Air Force Academy, 
to run cross country and obviously to go to the United States Air Force Academy yeah. is just an, uh, an amazing accomplishment by itself. But, you know, that's that's a, a great example. And and we had, like we said, 28, 30 students that are at different levels, really shining at the next level and we're excited for them. It yes. really, you know, it really ties back to not to be too principally, uh, <laughs> but you know, when I think of our vision of preparing and inspiring students for their future, here's a small example of this group that I feel pretty proud that we've done that. We've prepared and inspired them to to do their craft, their sport at the at the next level. So, uh, for those who don't um, play sports or parents who who don't have athletes who are who are um, in sports, uh, explain to me what a travel team is or some of those kind of concepts. Well, travel team or AAU or club, uh, you know, different sports like volleyball calls it club team, okay. your club team. Um, it's just, it basically is different verbiage for programs that happen outside of school. So, and those are at different levels, right? You have your kind of traditional community rec leagues, which is like the, the beginning level, okay. right? Uh, more casual, more fun. And then with each sport, there's a higher degree of those depending on the team you play with or the league you're with. Um, and the more intense, the more usually, the higher level of commitment financially, time, and all of that. And these uh, the kids are training and um, practicing and playing at a high level, um, you know, based on where they fit in, the, in all of that. In the volleyball world, like I said, it's club level. Those uh, girls are playing uh, not year-round, but pretty close to year-round. And, and in a traditional year where the school volleyball season is in the fall, the travel season happens pretty much once the fall season's over at school all the way through the summer. This year, many of our um, volleyball players were doing double duty. They were playing in the school wow. team and then going to their travel teams because of the weird way we did fall sports this year. Um, so, so that's just one example, but... Um, in addition to their school classes, in addition to their after-school practices here at the school level, they're also almost have a full-time commitment at another team? Absolutely. And that commitment with that other team is uh, many times more intense than their commitment to the school. Not That's not a knock on them. It's just no, what's yeah. required of them, um, uh, you know, with as far as their practice schedules, um, um, and their competition schedule, which uh, just like the name implies, the travel team, they're usually tr traveling to a greater radius <clears throat> to compete in those sports. Wow. So you, you alluded to the, uh, alluded to it earlier, uh, talking about the mixed up schedule of this year with COVID. So we started with what's what season did we start with? Is it winter season? We, we start with the winter season. <laughs> we yeah. started with winter season, and that is. Uh, Boys and girls basketball, uh, wrestling, um, swim and dive, swim and dive, and uh, what am I missing? Track, In indoor track. Well, they call it indoor track, but <laughs> I, I always like to call it winter track because <laughs> they do run some meets indoors. Um, but we know, don't have an indoor track here. Not here. No, 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 no. <laughs> we have so, a lot of things here at Colgan. We don't have an indoor track. So, out of respect to those athletes, I often call it winter track because that's that's kind of what it is. But yeah. And so, all right, so we had started with winter season, and then we went into fall season. That was football, uh, golf, uh, volleyball, cheer. Cross and country. Cross country, that's the other one. It's, it's, it's the field, running one. Oh, field, field hockey. hockey field yeah, hockey, okay. Field and so then we're getting ready to go into our spring season, 
boys, girls, soccer, boys, girls, lacrosse, baseball, softball, and I'm assuming another track. Yes. <laughs> oh, track, and tennis. Tennis and crew. Crew. That's right. Crew. Always. Gosh, I hope we didn't forget anybody. I hope we didn't forget anybody. We'll we'll we'll, we'll double <laughs> we'll loop back around. That's what edits are for. <laughs> um, so uh, just um, in this COVID season, uh, give us a little bit of the highlights of what's happened so far this year in well, COVID sports. Yeah, we've we've had a really successful year uh, with the fall and um, winter sports. Um, I don't know that I can recall every single district championship, but I know in like in the traditional fall sports, which just completed every sport but one, uh, we won district championships. Wow! In, so right? golf, field hockey, golf, field hockey, cross, cross country. country, golf, field hockey, volleyball, volleyball. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's impressive. Really impressed. Did I see field hockey was saying they were back to back to back? Yeah, back to back to back. I think volleyball, I think this is four years yeah. in a row for volleyball. Wow. So four years, of course. Um, so, you know, really, really well um, performances. And, and our boys cross country won regional championship. And then, of course, Bryce Luntz won the state yeah. championship as an individual. So and I'm trying to remember, remember winter. Definitely girls basketball because right. we were dominating with uh, with our star Alyssa Andrews who just yeah. signed to Wake Forest. We're super excited for her. That's very exciting. When you have an athlete like Alyssa come through your school, uh, it's it's just like an honor to watch someone like that play throughout the years. But she scored over 1,700 points. They say over a thousand career, rebounds. And over a thousand rebounds. That uh, 1,700 points is is mind blowing. I, basketball, I always wanted to try to do it, but just wasn't my sport. But a thousand rebounds, you know, you see sometimes athletes will will be all about the points or be all about the defense. But she is such that well-rounded where she's all about points, defense, setting up her teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just it's been so much fun to watch her play. And uh, she's such a genuinely nice person. I'm so happy for her and really excited to see her play at Wake Forest uh, yeah. uh, next year. So anyways, uh, girls basketball definitely. Um, uh, track uh, also district championship in the winter in the winter indoor track yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Right, and, uh, uh, yeah tell us tell us about oh, and, and, oh I'll get in trouble okay boys and girls swim also oh boys and girls swim you yeah. definitely will get in trouble tell us about gonna... tell us about you know everybody uh, I feel like when everybody comes to Colgan and hears about Col Colgan they, they think of our swimming pool mm -hmm. uh, which I, I I think has got to be nice right like practices have to be easy when you walk across the across the school to to the aquatic center aquatic center not not officially colgan's right no it's completely separate and and just to defend the swimmers <laughs> a little bit it sounds like it's easy but two days a week our swim team is practicing in the morning before school hours like crazy early in the morning like, yeah. I, like I get here sometimes early and I'm like why is there a line over there at the aquatic center yeah and so it's interesting I think most of the schools that practice at uh, the aquatic center, which are just about all of them, I think, except one or two, they, I think, have one day a week where they do morning practice. And somehow, because we're so nice, we did two days a week <laughs> because our kids go to school here. So sure, sure. that's one one example of where we actually got a little disadvantage where our kids have to get up early twice. But, but anyways, um, yeah, so the pool is run completely independently, right? They have a different manager, different budget, different everything but it is attached to the building and it's an advantage to our kids for 
swimming convenience, and uh, we have many that have lifeguarding jobs there. We have like, we have like an aquatic fitness class, I believe. We do. Uh, we do. This year, we're not running it because we didn't have enough students sign up for it, but right. we're hopeful. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, you mentioned it, swim and dive. What are some of the highlights of the swim and dive team? Now, that's kind of been hearing, uh, I believe Jonathan Walden talk about that, about he was one of those students who as an eighth grader was like, I... I'm so excited to come to Colgan because I'm going to be swimming from Coach Mr. Yeah, Jones. yeah. And the, the team is, uh, you know, it's a really an, a great group of uh, young people, a lot of camaraderie there. And, uh, of course, honoring uh, at the signing night three of our seniors. <clears throat> um, Jonathan, you mentioned. Right. Going to, where was Jonathan going? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Old Dominion. Old Dominion. And then uh, Matt Van Dusen, who's going to Chapel U Hill. UNC Chapel Hill and yeah. qualified to be in the Olympic trials this coming June. Pretty darn Mind impressive. Right? Yeah. And then Eris Runnels in our, uh, is going to Florida for University of Florida, right? Yeah. I'm right on that. Yes. So, I mean, that's those aren't slouch schools to <laughs> no, go swim no, at. Like, well, those, are, those are top, top schools. So, uh, super impressive. And then, of course, um, another senior swimmer who is – signed uh chloe uh uh to mm. row yeah um and uh i think it's central florida so the swim team has been awesome and they always win like you said and um it's been exciting eris and matt uh, and jonathan have uh, all been super exciting to watch you know kind of kind of um in that dominating fashion um as I was talking about Alyssa Andrews and Bryce Lentz, you know, right, really right. some dominating senior athletes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we get into spring sports, um, so what was it like back in 2000 and I guess 15 and 16 when you and uh, Mr. Huckstein were just looking for coaches? What were you looking for in a coach that would five years from now bring us to a program that has 28 athletes signing at the next level? Um, we really talked about coaches that <clears throat> bought into the philosophy that uh, we had for the whole school, which was uh, when we put teams on the field or the court or in the pool or wherever <laughs> we compete, that uh, we want to be known uh, uh, as competitors, people that the other teams have to respect um, and that we're going we're gonna to bring everything we have to the table. Not necessarily about wins or losses, right? right. Certainly people want to win. But there's so many valuable lessons in athletics besides just wins and losses that we were really looking for that intangible part. And we knew if we built that, that kind of competitive mindset, that kind of mindset that we're going to make sports um, exciting and fun for kids to be involved with, that we were going to teach life lessons, that the wins would come. And to be honest, um, uh, we were popular. We had a lot of amazing, qualified, uh, high-quality coaches apply for positions. Um, we've had some turnover, a few coaches that have turned over over the years, but uh, the mindset and the culture that has been established in those programs kind of exists, keeps going. And that's the beautiful thing about when you get that foundation of a winning uh, program is it continues um, right on down through the, the traditions. But so we, were, we had great coaches to interview. We had a lot of coaches who had um, lots of experience, many that had won state championships in previous positions. It's like some of them came out of retirement to come back some to Some out of retirement, yeah. 
uh, really some that kind of uh, like him. We're talking about cross country and track and all our success. These coaches that um, kind of like, hey, I've always wanted to coach together with this other amazing coach. And so it was like the perfect storm of uh, quality of coach that we have in the track program. And so um, uh, we're, we're really lucky to have those types of people involved with our student athletes. It reminds me when you do your uh, Embark with the Sharks, your Raising Ninth Grade uh, presentation, which I believe is uh, coming up at after school, right? Yeah. Sometime in June. Yeah. Um, so it always reminds me when I hear you talk about it's not always about taking a bunch of advanced classes, but it's about a balance that that a student needs to be able to pursue their passions, whether they, they be in the arts, whether they be in athletics, whether they be in academics, whether they be in a hobby that they have. And that hearing you describe what you're looking for in a coach isn't about the district titles. It's about the just being competitive and being authentic and committed and the wins will come. Absolutely. You know, we always try to produce healthy young people, right? And so part of being healthy is having balance in your life, right? It can't all be about academics. It can't all be about sports. It can't all be about the arts. We wanna have students that uh, have exposure to all those things and reach their potential and all those things. And, you know, one thing I'm proud of is, is we clearly knock it out of the park to use a, a sports analogy. <laughs> sure, sure. We knock it out of the park with performing arts. <laughs> like we're amazing in across the board. But if you look at our athletics program, I would say that I would argue the same thing. I mean, from top to bottom, it's amazing what we're doing. And so these things can coexist, right? The, right. the arts and the and sports can coexist, and and I believe it makes our kids um, better. It will make them better adults to be exposed. Yeah. So I may be a lover of sports, but the fact that I get exposed to the arts as I do at Colgan, that's going to make me more well-rounded and appreciate the arts as I grow up as an adult. And I think that's kind of and vice versa, by the way. And I just think that's kind of one of the kind of unique things about our school. Yeah, and I think it really goes to what I feel is the biggest challenge of opening up a school is how do you build that culture, that that Friday night in the stands culture. And then you alluded to it that as much as we'll have Friday night packed stands in a non-COVID world, and then you'll also have Friday night packed concerts or musicals. And it just is, it's, it's really an testament to say how much we've, we really tried to find that balance, but let everybody find their own path. Uh, you had mentioned the arts. Uh, we are getting ready to start the art season. I believe dance has a concert coming up this Friday. Is that right? Yeah. So um, as uh, I was telling uh, you before we started recording, <laughs> the changes that have been occurring with the restrictions and the non-restrictions and how many people you can have at this and indoors and how many people you can have outdoors has changed so fast and furious and and we get literally no warning like the governor came out last week i forget what day and said oh effective may 15th all these changes and which is great and we all want to get back to normal right but when you're responsible to make sure all these things happen uh, in a safe manner, right? We don't want to be the super spreader of anything right. at, at Colgan. Um, so it's nerve wracking because you make all these detailed plans of 
okay, how are we going to decide who's allowed to attend? Where's everybody going to sit? How are we going to pod? How are we going to keep healthy? How are people going to come and leave? How are they going to use the bathroom? How are they going to, um, you know, get water break? All these little minutia details that have become my job as an event planner <laughs> instead of the principal um, gets thrown into the air every time these changes come out. And so again, the changes are good. I'm not saying that because uh, I'm desperate to get back to normal times for sure, but um, it's been tough. So you've mentioned the dance performance. So we're excited that in the arts across the board and that, that coming up in, in May and starting this weekend, uh, all of our arts groups are doing some sort of performance um, and that at the very least their immediate families are going to get to see them in person and then i think in most cases we're live streaming you probably know um, yeah, that better yeah. than i do yeah live um, streaming used to be a in uh, a sprinkle on the cupcake and extra but now it's the requirement yeah yeah and so it is it is it is amazing how this has evolved uh, speak from my lens as a principal right so it started off with like, Dr. Healy, our kids just need to play sports. Our kids just need to be able to do uh, a concert. And so that happens. And then they're like, hey, really parents of seniors need to get to see their kids one more time. Can we, so we, you know, we work through that. And then it's like, hey, we really need to get more people in the stands. And now, now we want to get back to normal. And so it's just been this constant evolving. And, and I'm so happy that we've been able to do this. I think back to last year's seniors who had this abrupt shutdown and, all the end of the year stuff for the senior class really got canceled. And um, while this class, all their beginning of the year stuff has gotten canceled, at least we're able to pull off something, um, uh, event that they're proud of. You know, we've gotten our ath athletes to be able to participate in sports and, and now in the arts and of course dance, uh, they're doing their, um, their traditional concert. Spring concert. Spring concert. And then uh, followed up by senior. Then senior. she, then a couple weeks later, I think we yeah. do something where just the seniors get highlighted. So yeah. we're really excited. And then, so, all right. So that, that is dance. Uh, I've heard, uh, Mr. Workentine and Ms. Gillespie talking about an upcoming theater show. Yeah. They actually have two shows going on and I think it's all senior cla uh, casts for both of them, which, which is different. I applaud them because we, you know, at it's uh, kids audition and get selected yeah. for performances and it's competitive and it's open. It doesn't matter if you're a ninth grader or 12th sure. grader, the parts go to the, uh, the best um, auditions. But this year, for obvious reasons, um, we wanted to do an all senior cast. And I, I believe both casts are all seniors, kind of one last honor. It, it's um, this is an incredible senior class in, in theater and uh, and kind of the cruel reality is we weren't able to do the musical last year mm. and the musical, you know, no musical this year. Um, that's kind of our jam. And that's kind of our jam. You mentioned it earlier. You know, we did, we have developed our musicals to be uh, the thing to do. And we had this great momentum going uh, between all the musicals we did. And we did do one last fall, if you remember, uh, Sweeney, Todd. Sweeney Todd. We were yeah. going to do two musicals last year. Of course we were. Which was, uh, <laughs> you know, completely overwhelming for the staff. But like they they bought in, and we did this amazing uh, fall uh, musical, Sweeney Todd. Thank goodness. 
<laughs> uh, because then the spring musical, which was going to be Les yeah. Mis, uh, was canceled. So yeah, I so, forget what we were talking about. I got totally uh, derailed. That's all right. you, you do love a good musical. All right, so musicals and then uh, I believe a band, orchestra, music tech, piano, and chorus. Chorus, choir. Yeah, that, Everybody's so yeah, going to do something. Some of them are located in the auditorium. I heard some of them might be located in the amphitheater. Kind of a, a little bit of a mix just to kind of give everybody... Like you said, the, the safe precautions, mitigation strategies, but still perform, but then also let them invite a limited audience. Exactly. And, and you know, we kind of talked through it as a staff, and I really let them develop the specifics of how they wanted to do that performance. And some like the amphitheater, obviously it's outside, so it's better for COVID reasons. Something for everybody, so at least our seniors, and in many cases, underclassmen are getting a, a performance, which we're excited for. That is awesome. And spring sports starts this week? Tonight. Yeah, tonight. tonight. <laughs> Who's playing tonight? <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. I don't. I think I know soccer's playing. I think okay. baseball and softball's playing. Wow. And so, I'm sure others. Uh, maybe so, tennis, too. But so I don't this, know that. I, I believe so. I think they asked for a camera. So this whole season has just been kind of condensed, where normally it was you had multiple you had multiple games in a week, but you had practice in between. It seems to be, I noticed that with the, the fall season that was in the winter, um, that it seemed to be that there was three games a night. Like it was back, 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 back. Or maybe we get alternating days in between. So that what spring sports is going to look like? Yeah, so if you think about spring sports, traditionally the tryouts happen at the end of February. And, and spring sports go to basically the beginning of June, depending on their playoffs and all of that stuff. This year, the, the season, the, try, uh, the tryouts were two weeks ago. And it goes through... If you make it to playoffs, regional and even state level playoffs, it goes to like the third week in June. Wow! After school gets out, very condensed um, and and very intense. Now they're playing a reduced schedule, and that's based on the Virginia High School League, not not our decision. But um, and all the sports did, you know, the winter sports, the fall sports, all everybody played a reduced schedule. And as far as are, are we at the point yet of students being able to attend games, or not yet? So it depends on the location, right? So in the stadium, uh, those uh, numbers are changing, like I said. And I think until May 15th, it's still 250 right. people, which again, for most of the spring sports, we don't usually get 250 people at an event. So those are pretty open, but they st we're still doing tickets just to make sure we keep track of that. Yeah. And then I think after May 15th, that number is going up higher. I forget what the governor sure, said. Sure, sure. The more challenging uh, is baseball and softball and like tennis courts because mm. um, we're still told that the audience, that the, uh, the crowd has to be, um, depending on who you ask, some people <laughs> say 10 feet and some people say six feet, right? And you think six feet is what we hear all the time, but some directives have been that because at sporting events people yell and cheer that people should be 10 feet apart okay. so this is part of the challenge this year is uh we get directions the cdc says one thing the virginia department of health says something else prince, prince william health district says something else and it changes like weekly and it's been really really challenging anyways to circle back to the point you asked so we are to start the season doing limited tickets, uh, at least two per player, baseball, softball, tennis, until we get a field, just because there's not as much square footage over at those right. facilities. 
and we can't cram in 200 people at yeah. the softball field because it would be unsafe yeah or the tennis courts or the baseball field so we're kind of playing that one but by, by ear but definitely letting you know um baseball i'm sorry uh, uh boys lacrosse girls lacrosse soccer girls, soccer yeah. yeah yeah because the stadium obviously can right. handle bigger crowds well, that's awesome. To get back on our tradition, what are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? I am really excited to watch the NFL draft this Thursday and Friday while also live streaming a dance concert. Um, so I, I'm a Washington fan. Are you a Washington fan, Dr. Haley? Absolutely. All right. So the 19th pick, who do you think? What 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 position? Let's go with that. What position do you think they're going to go with? I'll be happy if they go with the offensive lineman or a linebacker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this talk of quarterback, I, I, I I'm <laughs> no, all for no it. more RG three. Trade everybody up to get up to. Uh, I, I actually, Lance, I loved RG three, and I didn't hate the trade as much as everybody else hated it. And man, that one season was amazing, yeah. right? His rookie year was so much fun. So I didn't hate that. I just don't want them to do it again. And um, I'm all for them drafting a quarterback in the later rounds. Okay, so like second or third. Okay. Yeah, I actually think their quarterback situation starting this year with the three it's guys Patrick, they have yeah. on their roster are better is better than where we were last year <laughs> it's better than we've been in a lot of years yeah so uh i'm okay with that i don't obviously he's not the long-term answer at quarterback but I, I just wouldn't i wouldn't force it to make it happen because i think when they force it to make it happen it never works so yeah i think uh in ron rivera style i expect it to be a lineman or a linebacker i really expect a linebacker because i believe he was a former linebacker yeah yeah correct. so same with the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I, yes, I, I, I expect it to be a linebacker. They're looking for that quarterback on the defense. Um, I am more excited for the second and third round picks, as you were saying. Can you get a steal at wide receiver, or can you get a quarterback? Can will you take a flyer on, say, um, a Kyler Trask or a Kellen Mond or one of those uh, second, third round quarterbacks to see is that the person you groom for a year or two? Yeah. And again, I'm okay with that. I just. I don't want him to trade up. I don't want him to use the uh, the pick in the first round on a quarterback. Yeah. Get another position that we need. If and one of those star wide receivers drops to 19, are you going to be excited or still want that uh, tackle linebacker? Because I, I, I hear this this draft class is one of the, the deepest in wide receivers. Yeah. 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 And I'd be okay with that if it's one of the stars. I mean, um, the Washington team has um, – had a f bad track record of picking <laughs> wide receivers. Michael Westbrook. Michael yeah. Westbrook. And uh, I, I forget it, who are those two guys. Uh, we took two guys in the second round one year, and both of them turned yeah. out bad. And yeah. took, a, took a guy from TCU. He's no longer Dotson, in the league. Dachson. Yeah. Dachson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not in the league. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm, I'm not really excited about that. But I, I do. I do. I am happy with Ron Rivera. I thought he did a great job last year. And so, you know, I like to put my faith in in uh, good leaders and so i'm hoping that they'll make the best decision for the team i also will say this i i this is probably crazy i i don't care if they get a uh cornerback because mm. um i think in the nfl you can't have too many good cornerbacks no. you know they have that uh uh guy from jmu right yeah moreland yeah uh kind of a steal there with that pick yeah except if you're a jmu fan like myself uh, it, you knew right away they got a gem because I watched him play at JMU and he 
Uh, he, now, he got way more interceptions in college than he has in the NFL. Shocker. He was literally a ball hawk at JMU. But when he was drafted, I think anybody that's a JMU fan and has followed him knew that that was an amazing pick for them and he would have a successful career. So I'm happy to see that. Uh, if you have any questions about uh, athletics, spring sports, drop us a line at podcast.colganhs.com. Uh, next week, we're going to try to bring on some performing arts teachers, talk a little bit about the performing arts season. And thanks for listening.